Christmas time is in the air with presents under the tree. Unless, of course, you've been a naughty child, then you'll burn in the bowels of hell. Welcome to episode 34 of the History Files. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Krampus. 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 Uh, an interesting character that comes out of the Northern European tradition, uh, associated with Christmas and St. Nicholas, but not in a positive way. No, I, I'd never heard of Krampus until a few years ago. I'm your typical you know, American tape person who's a little disassociated from a lot of the older European legends that are associated with our saints and our holidays and whatnot. Most of us have heard of St. Nicholas, of course, which, who kind of evolved into Santa Claus. But uh, Krampus is uh, a little more sinister, as Gordon says. Uh, oh, by the way, I guess we should introduce ourselves in case anyone happens to be new. I'm Nancy Fry, and... I'm Gordon Fry. Yeah, and Gordon is our normal host for the History Files, and these this is our our third foray, I think, into our shorter every other weekly episodes of the History File, History Bites, or whatever we're going to call it. But anyway, you know, we're recording this in December of 2015, Christmas time, and Christmas is normally a time of goodwill and joy. You've got annual gatherings of family and friends, and it's a time to celebrate for Christians the birth of Jesus, despite the fact that he was probably born in late summer. Or September or something or, like yes, that. Yes, yeah, that's basically. a topic for another episode. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, all the things we do at this time of year are opportunities to get a little cheer and brightness into a dark, cold time of the year if you live in the Northern Hemisphere. But as Gordon already mentioned, there's a, this Northern European tradition of the Krampus. Yes, it's uh, time to watch out for this guy. Uh, December 6th is the Feast of St. Nicholas, but December 5th, or Krampusnacht, is reserved for this character whose origin is uh, somewhat murkier than Santa Claus. So the word... Uh, well, I'll let you talk about the origin since you speak a little German. <laughs> okay, the word Krampus is actually derived from the German word for claw. So mm, that there's a certain association there. Uh, and as far as, you know, who he is supposed to be, there's, of course, open to quite a bit of interpretation. It's thought by some that he has evolved from uh, the Norse mythology as the son of Hel, not Hell as in H-E-L-L, -L, but Hell as in H-E-L, who's the daughter of Loki. She's the overseer of the land of the dead, thus the association of Hell and Hell. Um, but, um, you know, anyway, so she was, pardon me, he, yeah. Krampus, was very much a, a part of the Norse mythology, the ancient Germanic mythology. But by the 12th century, the Catholic Church was trying to stomp out this... Um, Krampus celebrations because of the pagan, very pagan connotations. Uh, and it's got a very devilish or satanic overtone or even or undertone. Um, <laughs> none of these anti-Krampus movements have managed to get <laughs> rid of this guy, though. Yeah. Now, some, some see him as kind of a dualistic anti-Santa. 
So uh, there are legends that threaten bad children with a visit from Krampus, and uh, that could result in a punishment. Punishments ranging from just a spanking with birch rods or birch branches, or maybe being stuffed in a sack or a basket and abducted for torture, or maybe just we never see them again because Krampus ate them. Yeah, or he's hauled off. It's always a little boy, of course. Um, (laughs) That's because little boys are evil. That's because little boys are mean. Uh, but hauled off for a year in the underworld with Krampus, or perhaps just stuffed in a sack and thrown in the river to drown. Ah. Um, just like the grim fairy tales, the stuff is pretty grim. Yeah, the fairy tales that we have today, courtesy of things like Disney and general Victorianism, have really sanitized a They've lot of these. Cleaned up. Yeah, they cleaned up a lot of these old legends. Yes, the the old witch isn't actually eating the children. Right. <laughs> but in this case, it kind of is. Uh, anyway, back to Krampus. By the 19th century, he can be found as a popular subject of December greeting cards throughout the Western world, primarily Germany. But, you know, he sort of oozes over into English yeah. and French. Yeah, and you can find some that have English on them, too. And, of course, he's usually spanking some naughty child, again, usually a little boy. Uh, sometimes, however, he is also salaciously pursuing buxom women, uh, very much a Pan-type character. In fact, his, res- his appearance resembles Pan, including often goat feet and horns. But Krampus is usually depicted as being completely hairy, often with multiple horns, not just the two, two but multiple horns, like many a goat has four horns. Uh, and a mouthful of very sharp teeth. He's not this cute, whimsical flute player. But again, he carries this sack or a basket strapped on his back for carrying off, you know, nasty kids or mean kids, as my grandfather would have said. And he's also commonly portrayed with cowbells strapped around his waist. Other accessories include the aforementioned birch uh, branches, whips, and even chains with hooks for snatching the wicked. Yeah, there's nothing, I mean... Depending on your artist's depiction of the god Pan, he can be sinister or he can be sort of jolly and whimsical. There is nothing jolly and whimsical about Krampus. No, he's not. You know, while Pan is always portrayed as a kind of a half man, half goat, Krampus is all other. He's there's nothing man about him. I know some more modern interpretations of Krampus will show him, you know, like with a bare chest, like he's kind of part man, but. He's he's usually pretty, pretty creepy, especially the older depictions of him where he's yeah. like all black hair and he's really with big he's giant eyes. Very demonic. Yeah. Very really, demonic. Really also, scary. it's interesting to note that these de- descriptions of Krampus, again, with the, the bells, you can see where the sleigh bells associated with Santa Claus come from because St. Nicholas would show up with Krampus. And you could hear the bells of Krampus coming along with St. Nicholas. So you knew somebody's out there. You just were trying to decide if it was good or bad. So Santa stole Krampus's bells. Yes, yes. Modern Santa stole the bells from Krampus when Kramp- when St. Saint- Saint Nicholas morphed into Santa Claus. Oh, that's great. Which is ha, kind ha. of a strange Santa thing. wins. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, and... and Santa is is usually at these Krampus parades 
they usually have somebody, at least one person, portraying St. Nicholas. So they're, and, and a lot of people refer to Krampus, and there's a couple of other crazy Northern European characters that are considered sidekicks of Santa as, as well as Krampus. But if you want to see some modern depictions of Krampus, go on over to YouTube and search for Krampusnacht or just Krampus Parade. Oh, and by the way, it'll be, this will all be on the, in the show notes on the website and everything, but you, Krampus is spelled K-R-A-M-P-U-S. And uh, if you look at look for these parades on YouTube, they show these Krampusnacht parades on December 5th. It's a traditional event. It's kind of in a revival in the last 10 years or so. They usually lead off with a representation of St. Nicholas and the other good characters and then followed by a wave after a wave of these scary goat men. Yes. Uh, yeah, scary indeed. Watching some of those videos, these guys are, they usually find the biggest guys in town. And, oh, they'd uh, have to be. These costumes look really heavy. I mean, I mean, seriously, when you go look at these, the YouTubes or, or still images of these parades, these are elaborate costumes. They must. It's a good thing it's December because if they did in the summertime, they'd all die of heat exhaustion with these big hairy costumes. Oh, yeah, and they wander by and smack you with the birch rods and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the town of Graz, which is this marvelous city in Austria, in, the, in Styria, the Styrian state of Austria. Uh, does a really good job every year, and they have their Krampus cosplayers, yeah. uh, pretty much going all out again with these amazing goat hair covered costumes with huge uh, horns, and a lot of them are carrying flares, and they've got these fire shooting Krampus mobiles. <laughs> um, Graz, by the way, I want to point out, is a marvelous place, and I'd love to visit it someday. In fact, if any, if I go anywhere in Europe, I want to go to Graz because. Uh, and it's not to genuflict to the birthplace. Nope. You just want to go Arnold. to the armory. <laughs> I want to go to the, I want to go to the Stughaus Museum <clears throat> in uh, in Graz because it's this great armory that goes back to the 16th or 15th century actually, and they've got everything from pikes to wheel locks and match locks and armor up to late 19th mid 19th century Austrian weapons. It's this marvelous place that I'd just love to go play in, but. Anyway, back to Krampus. A lot like some other legendary creatures, Krampus has been co-opted into the horror film tradition. Horrors. Yes, yes. He's, he's pretty well suited for that. So if you hunt for Krampus on the Internet Movie Database, you'll find a long, actually a surprisingly long list. Now be warned, however, as in the horror genre as a whole, the bulk of it is pretty awful, and most of these yes. Krampus movies are pretty terrible. So um, now since we're recording this in December of 2015, I'd like to point out that a new Krampus film has just been released. It's directed by Michael Doherty, who wrote The X-Men 2 and Superman Returns, and he wrote and directed a horror film, which has been pretty well-reviewed, called Trick or Treat. So um, for an exhaustive review of this new film, I kind of recommend heading over to Red Letter Media, and you can all one word, Red Letter Media. Com. And I'll, again, put a link in the show notes. Anyway, they these guys are famous for doing the Mr. Plinkett Star Wars movie reviews and lots of other things. They're filmmakers in their own right, but they but uh, especially Mike Stoklasa does really good film analysis. And they're not safe for work, so you uh, don't lots want... Lots of F-bombs. Yeah, they'll drop an F-bomb, if, but if you can get past their, their occasionally rough language... The reviews and their film analyses are really, really good. They're really worth your time. These guys know their stuff. For, and, for portraying themselves as a bunch of, you know, blue-collar 
yeah. lower class guys. They're, and they probably are, but they really know their stuff. Yeah, they, they know what they're talking about. And they're and I don't think I've ever disagreed with one of their film reviews. They're they're pretty spot on. That's because they mostly review real junk. <laughs> they say it's junk. <laughs> well, that's they have a couple of different shows. They've got a, a show where they do t- intentionally review bad movies from throughout time. And that's called... Uh, What's that called? The Best of the Worst, aptly named. But their regular movie review show is called Half in the Bag. And that one, they usually review current releases. And they try to pick good ones. But sometimes they find a stinker. But they really liked Krampus. And that's funny because I read, I I did a little researching for today. I did a little reading up on all the other Krampus movies. And then I did a reading on some, read some reviews for this new one. And it's like, oh, it's okay. Uh, Horror film, blah, blah, blah. And I think these reviewers are... They were either people who kind of turned their noses up at genre films or they're super duper horror fans. And this movie just wasn't horror enough for them. And so they kind of panned it. But but the Red Letter Media guys really, really liked it. And they said it's got a tone very similar to your classic 80s horror films like Gremlins. And it serves up the scares and without getting all campy or self-referential. So that's nice. And it has a very consistent tone. They... They're light on the CGI effects. They go for practical effects instead, which is really nice because a lot of filmmakers are getting super lazy with CGI these days. It's more affordable. It's easier to get, you know, uh, machines that'll do it. And it's a it's a lazy filmmaker's way of putting cool stuff in your movie. But if you don't do it right, it looks like lazy CGI. Anyway, so this movie doesn't do that. Lots of practical effects. Uh, good cast. Tony Collette is in it. She's wonderful. And I don't know. They really liked it. So if you're a horror fan and you like Krampus, check it out. And it's actually a pretty good, funny review as well. Oh, yeah. The review is definitely worth watching. Uh, now, there's a film out that isn't overtly about Krampus, but it pretty much melds that legend with Santa Claus um, that we watched a while back that's really, really good. Uh, it's a Finnish film called Rare Exports. It's from 2010. Uh, unfortunately, it's not streaming on Netflix at this moment, but it is on Amazon streaming, not Prime. But it's really, really cool. And it leads you through this, and it goes in directions you have yeah. that just completely uh, blindside you. It's really, really well It's done. a lot of fun. It's kind of like X-Files meets... I don't know what X Files. It's very X Files, but the you know the protagonist is a little boy. But it's not a movie for little kids. No, it's I think not a kids it, it would, it would be a little scary. <laughs> but it's also it's not scary, gory, stab you in the eye kind of. It's it's more cerebral, but it's not like a European art film where it in, where it's trying to be something that it isn't. It's very dry. Scandinavian humor. I was raised by Scandinavians, <laughs> yes. and I know my dry humor. And this is dry and wry. And just a, it, it, we really, we really enjoyed it. I can't even remember how we found it. Why did we, it was a couple years ago that Eric we watched it? it. I somebody did. I don't know. Somebody of. recommended it, and I and there's great stuff. It's like, oh, what are the Russians doing across the border? And you know, yeah. I mean, all kinds of weird stuff. Oh yeah, you know, it's it's Finland. It's not Finland. it's not your typical. And of course, it'll be with subtitles. I, you wouldn't want it dubbed, and I don't think there's a dubbed version anyway. But... And you're probably like most of the world, you don't understand Finnish. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, luckily, yeah. it's dubbed in English. And you know, if your library doesn't have it, it is streaming on Amazon. It's not impossible to find because it's kind of a cult favorite so yeah rare exports is the name of it lots of fun highly recommended yep and then uh, so that's our brief 
look at, at uh, Mr. Krampus. Uh, before we sign off, I just want to make a quick mention that we're working on some upgrades and we're remodeling here at SciCon. And after the new year in January, we are going to be moving from our .NET URL to a new one. We will be SciCon, C-S-I-C-O-N dot F-M instead of dot com. So we'll have a new fancier website and all that kind of thing. Now, don't worry, all the content will be intact. Your links will still work. We're just going to have a new URL and an updated website. Okay. So until next week, be good for goodness sake. Uh, stay tuned for another festive episode of the History Files, or else Krampus will come visit you. When Krampus is coming to town, when Krampus is coming to town, when Krampus is coming to town. Cha-cha-cha. Bad cat. Meow.